Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hustle and Heart. This is Sophie Wang and just a quick announcement from Nikki. She is taking a break from the pod and wanted me to let you guys know that she's you know busy on exec and kind of wants to pass this down um, with time. So she will not be with me today, but I still have a guest and mm-hmm. Um, today I have Tara on the pod. Welcome. Hi. Uh, <laughs> um, hi. So Tara here. First time doing a podcast like this. So I'm going to say it. I'm a little nervous, but be good. Um, but I'm really excited because Yay. I think to set the context, uh, Sophie and I had a great conversation last night and um because I came back from something which you'll learn about in a minute as we do our highs and lows. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, Sophie. Yeah. What is your high and low? So, I would say that my high um, for this break was just one of many. But my friend and I went out to Griffey Lake and we just went on a hike. No phones or anything. And he brought his dogs. And we were just walking these dogs and just like... The sun was hitting the leaves, and it was just, like, so relaxing. That and sounds amazing. I don't do things like that ever. Really? Yeah. I love to move, and I love to do, like, fun things, but I just never hike. And I never do things with dogs. <laughs> I mean, I am allergic, but, like... <laughs> oh, I never knew that. But, um, yeah. It was oh, really amazing. fun. Griffey Lake is great. Um, Griffey Lake is beautiful. And it's not even that far away from campus, so. No. Um, I'm actually planning when, like, the weather gets warmer to abduct people into my car now that I have it and yeah. take trips all the way down to, like, Griffey Lake. Yeah. Because I think it's just amazing. Yeah. And I have really good memories there. Absolutely. What is your high? So my high is that... I have just spent four days in the wilderness in the most <laughs> uncomfortable camps, like cabins. Camps. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I can't speak English. Um, but yeah, yeah, tell me more. It, it was amazing because, so it was me and 49 other people on campus. Um, all of these people were students here in Indiana, but they were like freshmen to like graduate students. Um, and it was a very diverse group. Um, we all came from a very different background, Yeah. Uh, had different passions, and none of us really knew what we were walking into when we went to this institute, and it really was like a transformation experience. I think not only was I able to have these vulnerable conversations with people who inspired me so much, but we talked about purpose, and we talked Absolutely. about values. We talked about how to know ourselves and know the direction we're headed. And when I thought leadership camp, I literally thought, like, okay, we're going to learn how to make a team, yeah, like, you know, yeah. deadlines, all that stuff. Yeah. But it, I think the big lesson and the big high I'm writing off of right now is, like, I feel like I came back with the clarity about what I want to do and with my life. Yeah. And not saying that I'm always going to have this clarity, but right. it's a high. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think I have just been so lucky and so grateful to be empowered by these people that I've only known for four days. It was rare for me to be in a group, not to toot my own horn, but it's rare for me to be in a group where I don't know anyone. Sure. And I feel like I'm well-connected on campus. I tend to know through people who's who. 
But man, like I've been missing Strangers, out. Yeah. yeah. I've been missing out on an amazing part of campus and it just showed me I need to open up my bubble even more than I thought I was doing. Yeah. Um, so that was that's my high. That's great to hear, and I know that we're gonna dive into some of the really yeah. cool stuff you learned. Um, and I would say that overall, I'm hoping that you know Tara called me and I was like, "Wow, you've been so moved by the experience." Like I only hope that I and so many other people will get to have an experience like that where yeah. they come back with clarity and knowing kind of their purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, Super cool. So obviously there are always lows in life, else. Yes. <laughs> so, um, my L, my my low would just be I think I'm learning a lot about myself and the fact that having structure in my life and having things to do and look forward to as part of my daily, weekly schedule mm-hmm. holds me accountable and makes me the most productive because I am not able to waste time. But when yeah. I'm on break and there's just all these hours in a day and I just I find find myself sometimes like spending you know hours watching something or just like basically wasting time and Mm -hmm. I don't like feeling that way yeah um and I think it's it turns into a habit when you continuously do that and I've been doing that most Mm -hmm. you know a lot of break and so it's not something that I like um or I'm proud of so that's why I would say it's an L and I totally relate to that because before I went on the Institute, I actually binge watched the whole series. You um, was it good? I it's interesting. Okay, I I can lend you like if you really <laughs> want to see it. It's very interesting. Um, and I mean I'm a writer, so you know any plot that is very juicy and good, I'm I'm a sucker for. It's like a guilty. Plot pleasure yeah I understand because there were days I was just sitting on my bed watching this show and like my parents be knocking on the door be um yo what you doing (laughs) how are you gonna conquer the day today I'm like I don't really feel like that Indian parenting right now um yeah no not that bad but it was kind of I get it because you feel like it's a waste of time but something that I encourage you to do is to view it as maybe it was your body being like yo yeah I need rest. Mm-hmm. I need to just be a vegetable. And yeah. the, and watching and binging, in my fair opinion, is a great way to still stimulate your brain. It's like still <laughs> working. Um, so I think, but I'm glad that like you got to have some rest time though. Yeah. So I know that you're viewing it as like, Oh, this was a bad habit. Well, I mean, I watched two seasons of bad of The Bachelor. I don't know if that's like stimulating, but yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And with it being, I guess we can kind of dive into the topic today of kind of self growth and all of the things that you learn from the retreat. But mm-hmm. sometimes when you know we do things that are different from our normal routine, it's our body telling us in a way like, mm-hmm. hey slow things down. Hey, chill out. Hey, you're in pain. Hey, you're tired, fatigued. And I think, um, self-awareness is kind of the key to like unlocking and realizing, oh, what is my body telling me today? And like, what do I need to do? And I agree. And to take it a step further, it's not just being self-aware, it's being authentic. Absolutely. Because I think we could be self-aware. And I think sometimes we'll try to f- schedule in that workout that we really need mm-hmm. or we'll try to schedule in that nap. But sometimes it's not enough. Yeah. And sometimes I know I do it. Um, and I think we've talked about doing this before where it's so easy to fall into the trap of that um, kind of putting on that mask mm. and kind of putting on that like, 
oh, I'm great. I'm fine. Because mm-hmm. everyone's saying that, you know, you don't, of course, when someone asks you, yeah, hey, how school. you doing? <laughs> it's like, I'm stressed, but I'm okay. Like, yeah. and I think you always end it with, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm <laughs> are okay. You? <laughs> are you? Yes, exactly. And um, for context, Sophie and I were definitely not okay for iCore, but we got through it. Um, yeah. But like, that was the thing. Like, that check in was just so important to be like, hey, do you need a hug? Or texting you, like, I need a hug after class. And yeah. like, yeah. Those the days where I chose to be self aware and authentic was the days that I was able to recover faster. Because I allowed myself that patience. Yeah. So. That's so interesting. And I feel like especially, you know, I just read this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective oh, People. I love that book. Yes. Yeah, and talks about, um, if you guys don't know, like this quadrant where it's like you have not important, important, and then mm-hmm. on the side you have urgent, not urgent. Mm-hmm. And you have these four quadrants and like your activities throughout your life will fall into one of those four quadrants. And one of the exercises that I did over break was to audit like four days and record every hour what like activity and what quadrant that falls into. Yeah. So most people want to be, I mean, he says in the book in quadrant two, which is where you're in the not urgent, but important. important. Yeah. So you're doing activities that are relationship building or wellness slash fitness oriented or stimulating your mind, yes. re, um, things like that, reading. Um, and I was auditing, like, my last couple of days in break, mm-hmm. and I was just like, mm, I'm spending a lot of time not in the most important quadrant. I yeah. was spending it in quadrant four, which is just, you know, time wasters, like, pleasantries, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes it's important to kind of reflect on how you've been spending your time or how your days um have been going in order to see like, oh, like this is what's happening in my life right now. And is this really connected to like what my true values are Mm -hmm. and how I want to be my most authentic self? Mm -hmm. So I guess that kind of bridges us into the topic of values. And like, what did Mm -hmm. you learn about that on your retreat? Um, so one thing that they talked about is we, it was interesting because we talked a little bit more about vision Mm -hmm. and then we got into the values. Yeah. And so to start with values first, it, you know, I think all of us want to be a good person. Mm-hmm. We all want to help each other. Not, there's not, there's not really an affinity for hate, if that makes sense. There may be an affinity for annoyance if something inconveniences us, but yeah. we really don't, we're not people who really want to hate each other. Right. And we all want to be kind. We all want to be respectful. We all want to, you know, have that recognition or maybe have loyal friends or chase peace and happiness and spirituality. Like these are all values. But while all of these values are important, it's important to keep in mind that some of these values are ethical and some of these values are unethical and some of these values are non-ethical. So ethical values are concerned with beliefs about what is right. Okay. Can you give me an example? So, for someone, an ethical value could be, I think it's right to be responsible. Okay. I will be responsible for whatever. Um, and Or honest. Honest is a great one. Okay. Um, so, for example, you're at a car dealership, and you realize that the guy didn't give you, um, this was an example they used. They didn't give you $50. Okay. Um, they forgot to, like, charge you for something. Do you tell that person? Mm. Or do you take the money and go? Yeah. And it was interesting because everyone kind of 
you know, rank themselves on that scale. And it was, it shows you that like, even though some values are ethical, like it's really about your own personal code. Sure. Yes. Is it probably the best thing to like, let that person know? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I need, you know, to be completely honest. But yeah. for some people's circumstances, it has shaped their values to be something that is not necessarily wrong, but something that defines right and wrong for them. Okay. So from so these ethical values, you tend to have fewer of them. Sure. You tend to have these are the principles of your character. Okay. Unethical is when you're purposely doing something to like, you know, damage another human being sure you know it's it's the history stories we all know of when humanity kind of has gone wrong yeah and then non-ethical is not to be confused with unethical yeah non-ethical relates to things that we like things that we deem personally important or that we desire okay they're things that we are chasing in order to reach this ethical value of ours okay so so, like, maybe prestige what, or... Prestige would definitely be a non-ethical, non-ethical value. Non-ethical, right. So that could fall into maybe stability. Okay. Maybe for you, stability is right. You know, you value things to be stable. Okay. You think everyone should feel stable. Sure. And maybe the prestige for you, through your experiences, has become this way of being stable. So, okay. in the spirit of full transparency... Um, one of my strong values is authenticity. Yeah. And this was one that I had to kind of struggle with a little bit because I realized even with groups like WIB and groups of people that I'm so lucky to be a part of, I think a lot of things have happened in my past year to make me feel like I couldn't be my most authentic self. Sure. But when I'm not authentic, something feels wrong. Yeah. And even if you're fine with it in the moment, you know, looking Mm -hmm. back or just after doing that for a long period of time, you're like, this just doesn't feel There's a There's an imbalance. And that's when, you know, mental health is so important because, you know, when you're getting into things like anxiety and depression, Mm. a lot of people listen to the thoughts that come with anxiety and depression, but also it takes another layer and another boost of energy to look beyond it and be like, oh, this is signaling something's wrong. Right. I'm not following a value. I'm not fo- fulfilling a need that I actually have. So what's the root cause? Like what, you got to ask yourself. Exactly. Right. And so authenticity is something that I value as an ethical value. And okay. my non-ethical values to support that is respect. Yeah. Because I think I, I command respect. Yeah. I think I've been in situations where I haven't been respected before. Yeah. Um, it's inner harmony. I think of it a lot of that metacognition going on in my brain. Um, Inner harmony is also important and vulnerability. Yeah. This is something I deem to be important. It's something I desire. It's something that I have now seen myself these past four days to kind of be bravely vulnerable in front of strangers who now become my friends. Absolutely. And I think when you chase those non-ethical values, Mm -hmm. you're getting that fulfillment and you're learning about the core value. So ethical values can also be the core values because they're the core of who you are. Yeah. And everyone can view them differently. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I remember yesterday when we were talking about 
how at the end of the day, everyone has these core values, but maybe due to life circumstances or while someone is growing up, they in some ways become calloused or they start taking on these layers because yes. it's like, I have to protect my like raw, mm-hmm. like, you know, you learn to vulnerable self. Yeah. yeah. And I think in some ways what you're doing already in itself, when you're kind of you know, going to this retreat, doing the activities, you're kind of peeling back those layers mm-hmm. and you're thinking about what is my like raw, you know, mm-hmm. inner self at its core? Like, what do I really desire and what do I want to see in the world and in yourself? Yeah. And I think that's very brave and takes a lot of courage to do. And I like, I see it and I'm like, yes, go. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. And I think like, You've been in the position where you've seen me lost. Mm-hmm. And I think this brings us to vision. Yeah. Because you say you see it, and I think you see the calmness. You see the peace, peace. and the clarity in my eyes. Because I think what happened is when I finally wrote them down, mm-hmm. when I wrote down these values, and I allow myself, it's not like now if I don't have a value on here, it's not like I don't value it. Yeah. But like, it's. I've started to find my moral compass. We hear that term every once in a while, moral compass. Mm -hmm. Where is that compass leading you? Sure. And that is what comes to vision. And this is where the second biggest concept I learned is so important. Mm -hmm. I think at a young age, we're taught to dream small. Yeah. And we're taught like, oh, hey, mom, look at this. Like, isn't this, this, like, I think I'm really good at this. Oh, yeah, sweetie, it's cute. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. Right? Like it, it, it be realistic. Yeah. Be more realistic. Exactly. Yeah. And what they taught us here was have a healthy disregard for the impossible. Mm. And when you have a healthy disregard for the impossible, it really allows you to dream big and to imagine the world as if you would have wanted the world to be. Yeah. That took me a lot of work. That took me peeling back a lot of layers. A lot of layers. Absolutely. And I remember when everyone was writing down their visions. I hesitated for a long moment to write yeah. down my own, like, um, just my own vision because I felt kind of insecure of it. Yeah. Is this really my vision? It doesn't really seem like it has any roots. Like, how am I going to do it? But they kept telling me, don't worry about how. Mm-hmm. Think about why. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. why does this mean so much to you? Mm-hmm. And as I continued on with it, I realized that my vision was really much about being authentic. I want a world where we break those stereotypes, especially across people of color, people from low income, mm-hmm. people... Different sexualities. Different se- sexualities, identities. Like, I want a world where we have genuine human connection yeah. and authenticity. Mm-hmm. Where we can start the conversation and know when to put our phones away. Yeah. Where we can use technology to rather connect and not to block. Or to group or to isolate. Yeah, absolutely. And in the end, I just want people to feel empowered to be the mo- their own selves. Because when someone is their own selves, mm-hmm. they feel like they have the right and the empowerment and the space and support to learn. And they can ask the questions that they really want to ask. Mm. When they can ask the questions they want to ask, yeah. they follow their passions Mm-hmm. They make their own visions come true. They elevate us as a society and as a, as human beings. Yeah. And all these visions that I saw from 49 people, all those visions can coexist with each. 
coexist with each other. Yeah. Oops. Okay. <laughs> she spilled some tea. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. No, you're fine. Um, but. Do you want him? <laughs> we got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but. Yes, but they can coexist. Yeah. And I think that's super cool. And that's super inspiring because if that is us only like 50 people. Yeah. Like, what about the people that are surrounding us on a daily life? Right. You know, like, I think we choose the people to surround us for a reason. And we should always be trying to meet new people and live through their stories and learn from their experiences. But the people around us have the potential to change so much. There's so much power in one person. Absolutely. And I think that comes down again to writing your core values, to understanding what is ethical and unethical for you, and then to dare to write your vision. Mm. When I'm a writer, when I write, it commits. And writing that down was very inspiring to me. It told me, hey, you can dream big. Yeah. And that world one day is possible. Right. And I think that with what you say about it's okay to dream big, I think personally that I'm someone who, like, is a big dreamer, always has been, Mm -hmm. like, just lots of ideas flowing and has, you know, kind of a disregard for societal rules or Mm -hmm. expectations on being realistic. Most of the time that was, like, my natural tendency. But growing up and, like, you know, with my parents, with society, with the people that I was around, um, it's so easy to become distracted. It is. If you don't know your core values and if you don't know what you want your vision to be and if you don't, or if you don't know what like your mission statement is, it's so easy to become distracted and all of a sudden think like, oh, I need to get this in this job. I need Mm. to make these friends, I need to have this amount of money, I need to dress this way, Mm -hmm. I need to have these kinds of relationships. And at the end of the day, like, as successful, quote-unquote, as you could become by society's standards or by other people's standards, if they don't meet your own and they don't match the core values of who you are, I think, I honestly think that people will experience unhappiness, dissatisfaction, Mm -hmm. and when that continues to spiral, then, you know, into more serious mental health problems that you mentioned. And I, you know, I can speak from, like, my own personal experience. Like, there are times when I feel like I could be getting so much validation from, like, my friends or from coworkers or teachers or whatever, and they can be saying such good things about me or to me. But if I go home and I go to bed with myself and I feel terrible, mm-hmm. then really none of that matters. Yeah. And and the validation yeah. you're really seeking is your own. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know we've talked about like, yes, the validation is there, but also, you know, I'm my biggest critic. Mm-hmm. And you talked about how like you are your own biggest critic. I'm still my biggest critic. Yeah. I think everyone is their own biggest critic. Because yeah. I can say and I can talk about authenticity and spread what I believe my mission is to be. Yeah. But it's really more of a challenge to challenge people to kind of quiet the inner voice Mm. and to really focus on just understanding why. Why is your inner voice deciding to be a critic right now? Mm. Why is it dissatisfied or not feeling fulfilled with what you're doing? Not what, 
Not what you should do, not what you did, but why. Yeah. And in the end, I think we all want to believe we are a good person, and we usually are. Yeah. And I think we all want to believe that we have the potential, Mm -hmm. and we usually do. And I think it's important for us to give ourselves that forgiveness. Um, I released, recently, like, released an article talking about the process of growth. Ah, a beautiful piece. (laughs) Guys, go check it out. Where is it? It's on Medium. Okay. Um... I know, I need to find some way to, like, keep those up so people can see them. But uh, I I had a friend who confessed to me, and he said, like, I thought this was going to be a pretty cliche article, but number three, forgiveness really hit me. Ah. Because if we don't forgive ourselves for our mistakes, then how are we supposed to move on? Like, how are you supposed to live in the present and in the future and not in the past? Right. And I think that they also taught this retreat was when you make a mistake, how fascinating. (laughs) Like, really? Like, that's what you're supposed to say. And yeah, yeah, we mocked it a little bit, but you know what? There is a truth in that. How fascinating that that happened. Yeah. And moving on. Yeah. Breaking the loop of negative Mm. self-talk. Yeah. Um, And I think that, like, you mentioned that, you know, sometimes when that self-talk is so loud, it feels almost like paralyzing. Yeah. And I think when you are going to bed at night and the person who you're seeking validation from is you, it really relates back to self-care and mental health and self-love. Absolutely. And it's something that I think we need to just keep starting a conversation about. Yeah. How do you find ways to express self-care and love for your, you know, mm-hmm. in, in maybe like little ways or even larger ways? How do you feel like you are able to introduce those practices or things into your life? I dance a lot. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter how packed a day I had. If it's, if the hours have to be like midnight to 1 a.m., then that's going to be the time I get to dance. Dancing is like my process. Yeah. If I'm feeling conflicted or upset about something, I find that getting lost in my stories, whether they're through writing or dancing, helps me process it in the back of my mind. Okay. It's a Interesting. Dis- it's like a distraction. Yeah. Um, mindfulness is something I'm working on. I think it's super hard sometimes to be it's mindful. It's not easy. It's not easy. People who meditate, like... Props to you guys. Wow. <laughs> Not like, that I'm I have really... an app. <laughs> yeah, I have an app, but I'm like, it's just not, I'm not making a lot of progress there. Um, one thing that has really helped me is that I definitely, I, for sleep, I actually have something called Insight Timer, which is a bunch of like free meditations. Yeah. And okay. there's an alarm that kind of, um, I put on at the same time to make sure I'm tracking my sleep. Yeah. And right before I go to sleep, the I let a meditation play. Okay. I know I'm going to fall asleep to that shit in five minutes, but it's a way, it's, a, it's more about the nighttime routine and how to like give myself some self-love for yeah. the nighttime. You know, wash my face, maybe put on a mask, all yeah. that type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm recording the pod episode. Yeah, what's up? Oh, <laughs> You know, Sophie, she's such a great multitasker. She got so many stuff going on at the same time.
Can you just text me if you have anything else? <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I'm almost done though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, the roommate man. life. Living she with really seven girls. You okay. know what? I'm telling you, Sophie got so much going on. She got like she got to figure out how to manage it all. Yeah, you're right. Busy um, woman making badass progress. Stop. Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna add on to what you said about how you express, and I think for me, um, it's like projects that kind of like allow me mm-hmm. to release, and I I like to have like a beginning and end to something, yeah. so I can like finish it. It builds momentum. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So recently, I've been working on this like short film where. I took all of the, like, most negative experiences or, you know, traumatic things that have happened in my life or I'm still dealing with, and I just wrote it all down, and I've never done anything like that because I like to suppress my negative emotions. You don't we all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then after that, I kind of just started um, building out vision-wise, like, um, what I wanted to do with that and... Now I'm, like, creating a dance film because I feel like dance is the best way I express myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just kind of taken those negative experiences and zoomed out a little bit. Um, and I'm kind of working to find choreo that I feel like matches those experiences in some symbolic way. Um, and I think that in itself, to let myself unleash something in the past that, like, has kind of been suppressed for a while... Mm-hmm. I feel like in some form is self-care. Yeah. Because it's going to come out no matter. You know what I mean? No, and in you might as well be in charge of how you control it and how you express it. And I think this is where I want to lead in, us into your vision work. Yeah. Why do you think it's important for people for this documentary or which is really like a documentary through dance. Yeah. Like, like things that have yeah. happened in your life. Why do you think it's so important for you, at least, to express that in such a creative way? I feel like when I initially did it, I wanted to, like, release my pain and just in some way come to terms with this stuff that has shaped me in a lot of ways to be the person that I am now. Um, And then the kind of second aspect of that was, like, I want to share this with, like, the world or people that I love. And, you know, just mm-hmm. whoever will want to see it or would look at it. Because I think a lot of the things that I dealt with um, on a higher level are things that other people will experience. So, like, for example, um, I had, you know, inadequate... I kind of characterized it into six different words. So I used, like, shame, inadequacy, depression, um, things like that, physical mm-hmm. illness... And I think a lot of people who I've talked to at least also deal with shame, inadequacy, you know what I mean? I see the passion in your eyes as you talk about it. And I think that, like, um, I think that with art in general, Mm -hmm. with anyone ever putting, doing some sort of creative expression, I think someone else who sees it and absorbs it can take it into their own way. Mm -hmm. But it will still... I think resonate and like form some sort of connection between those people. And this is so the, that's the goal. And this is the power of why because then I want to yeah. ask you why do you think you want to re- why do you think releasing your pain is so important? Oh wow, it's getting deep. <laughs> oh, it's getting deep. And if you ever want to re- turn it right back onto me, yeah. that is totally cool, but in terms of like maybe I can help then. Yeah. Is releasing your pain a way like, do you feel like it's free? 
and oh, that absolutely. it will allow you to do to share people and encourage people to release their own pain. Yeah. That was beautifully put. I yeah. absolutely agree. So the, the world that I can see that you see yeah. is a world where people know it's okay yeah. to feel pain. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to know that you're not alone. And that one day it's all about healing. Yeah. That everyone has the right to heal from the trauma that they individually experience. Yeah. I think, like, no matter what, life is going to be full of highs and lows. Mm -hmm. And there are going to be times when you are struggling or times when you're thriving. But in some aspect, like, I think the best thing that will come out of, like, anything and what we're both saying is being connected to other people Mm -hmm. and feeling liberation at some point yeah and like making the choice to like move towards that yes I think is like so powerful like the power is really in like your own hands and it I is. and I heard it from when you told me yesterday yesterday like the potential that you can unlock in yourself is like so powerful and everyone has that you mm-hmm. know what I mean and there's a quote out there that says like there's a fear it's not the fear of what you'll never do. It's the fear of you let yourself unleash. Mm. Because I think we know we're capable. Yeah. I think inside we know that we have power inside of us who, that can create the change. And the world that you see and the world that you want and your vision that you just expressed to me, I want that. Yeah. I want to be able to heal from my past pain. You know? I, I have experienced bullying. I have experienced racism yeah and that's not and you know i've i've experienced sexism it's why i'm all about that women empowerment yeah, right but that's right what you're doing right now is a manageable goal yeah and then above manageable goals are stretch goals i want everyone to be impacted by creative expression yeah i want everyone to release their pain these are the big characteristics of the world that you want to create mm-hmm. and you releasing this documentary this dance is a way that you're getting to that stretch goal yeah okay so now that that's affected all those people what else is calling what to else what can i project? do yeah, yeah what, absolutely that is the fire yeah that is in all of us absolutely every single one of us yeah and there are all types of dreams too we i have met people who want to create films that invoke like very deep passions and that invoke a wanting to do better about our planet. I've met someone who wants to tackle that same issue through how we eat mm. and being able to make sure we're all healthy and fulfilled with nutrition. I've met someone else who wants to do that through video games. Yeah. How cool is that? That the things that we genuinely care about can translate into a vision and that our values can help us guide us there. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And then that it can be shared through all these different activities or processes, but at the end of the day, we're we're imagining the same. We're yes. we're in synergy. We're experiencing. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we're experiencing <laughs> at the end of the day a synergistic. I don't know if that's a word. Lol. Vision. <laughs> you know, and yes. I think that is so cool. And I just want to say, like, I think for us to put this out here is just to, like, let you guys know a little bit of what's been happening in our lives, but also, like, genuinely how passionate Tara is about this, and, like, you. you 
are able to draw out important questions for me that I feel like sometimes I'm pretty self-reflective, but I can't even find within myself without someone else like prompting me or giving me that little push. And I just really knew that like you could share all of everything that you shared with me in that call yesterday, like with me today. I think we both got to tears. Yeah. And I thank you because I think, um, And this is for me to also know, like, I've been inspired and I've been lucky to know that being in a room with 49 strangers and to feel the validation, but to also feel their empowerment. And I want to empower the people around me. Yeah. And that includes the organizations I'm a part of. And I think it's also acknowledging my weaknesses and loving my weaknesses, too. I think authentic conversation takes a safe space. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's not what we always want to talk about. It's uncomfortable. Mm. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm like hugging myself right now to comfort myself. (laughs) (laughs) But I think I'm going to give myself a little bit of self-love here Mm -hmm. and say I think I have an ability to create that. Mm -hmm. And that I want to have these conversations with everyone. I want to start the conversation so that way you can feel comfortable going out your comfort zone and have that conversation with someone else. Yeah. Because the more that we bring authenticity to the forefront, the more inspired, like our world is going to be. And I just really am making it not just like a 2020 resolution. I'm calling this my life resolution. Life resolution, baby. (laughs) This is what it's coming to. Your what is your life resolution today? That's basically your purpose. Yeah. It's your vision. Absolutely. And I do myself a disservice when I'm not authentic. And I think that is it's a word that I connect with now. And I think one thing that I guess I want to leave with, at yeah. least for me, yeah. is to read this one quote. Okay. So, no worries. Don't even need to move the... <laughs> I moved it anyways. Ah! <laughs> Crap. <laughs> um, so, what I'm looking through right now to give people context of, like, what exactly is going on is my little Bible thing that I received from... Uh, Your retreat. My retreat. Yeah. And this is a quote by Anne Frank, and it's, she was a Holocaust victim, right? In a time where the world was in such disarray and not the peace that I want from the world today. Yeah. And she says, how wonderful it is that nobody needs to wait a single moment to improve the world. You can, you literally can start right now, this moment, today. Yeah. And I think that's true for everyone. I really do think so. And, like, I welcome anyone to, like, have that conversation with me, but also to have it with the people who love you and who support you and who do want to take that dive with you. Yeah. You know? Like, you surround yourself with kind, compassionate people for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I want to say also just, like, thank you for, <laughs> I think, I said this to Sophie last night. But I think that you just have done a wonderful job and radiating a world of positivity and possibility. And I think that you strongly care. And it's so, and so many times I see you 
put yourself on the back burner. Because that is just how much you care. Yeah. You treat everyone like your family. And I think for a lot of people who maybe didn't grow up with the right, you know, with the right conditions that they would have wanted or with circumstances that, you know, life has given them. Mm-hmm. You are someone who adds just a little bit more into your interactions with everyone. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. cry. I don't want to make you cry. <laughs> Yeah. But I think that is genuinely what I think of you. Thank you. And I think despite doing this podcast, I'm so excited for all the other episodes. You guys know I listen to this on my <laughs> way to uh, way to class. Um Yeah. But no, I think Thank you. This was a like this podcast, your dance talk. You got all these beautiful passion projects coming out mm-hmm. and I'm so excited to see the effect. But I'm so excited to see the effect it also has on you. Yeah. For you to feel fulfilled mm-hmm. by the way you're following your vision. Yeah. So that is just what I wanted to say. Because Sophie's amazing. We all know it. Someone has to give her credibility. <laughs> okay. uh, all right. All right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Of course. Um, I just know this was amazing stuff that we talked about. I am so thankful to have you on here and also as a friend in real life. <laughs> and um, thank you all for listening today. So thank you so much. Let's sign off on the pod. Bye, everyone. Bye.